Okay, college baseball fans, welcome to the Weekend 9 recap show here after um, what I would say is probably my favorite weekend that we've had so far as far as like highlights and, you know, viral moments and that kind of stuff. We have a lot to talk about, and I'm going to go ahead on the podcast and say we will talk more about other conferences like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and not just SEC, ACC, like some guys on Twitter think that we do. Even though- wait, 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 wait. What do you mean talk more? We already talk about them plenty. Why would, why, why would we talk more? That means <laughs> we're not doing enough. Yeah, no, no, so- fuck that guy. No, that guy, <laughs> that guy pissed me off because it was just like almost like him he didn't just know. saying stuff. He didn't know, Dimitri. He's like literally a new follower. And he didn't I don't know think that he we- was. No, I think he was because he didn't know that we did the mid-major top 25. He didn't know we had. Uh, he didn't know. How, do you, how do you know that? Because like he shut up real quick after he got done tweeting. No, 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 no. He said he went through our last thirty tweets and started counting which ones yeah. were which. Well, like our last thirty tweets, that all came from like the last two days. Like we okay, have- okay, but he didn't say anything about like apologizing or anything. He just said, "Oh, struck a nerve, huh?" When I responded to, it. like, he wasn't, he wasn't. But forgiving that's all, at all these guys. Like all of our. I mean, I like our. So, trolls. so why? I think so trolls- why would? So why would we settle with him? Like, why would we give him any? attention in terms of oh yeah we'll change things no nah, screw that guy if if he wants to follow us <laughs> great but nah. no listen you're, you're not- like, I, you have to appreciate our trolls too because uh, i love our trolls because i'm because gonna say just stuff don't back get to it them. like we have like first of all i'm gonna say like we have a list of like our og followers like people from day one that interact with us and tweet with us we love interacting with those guys but like there's part of me that like roots for trolls coming at us with i love the trolls misinformation i mean i mean how many times have we talked about the american conference um we talk about the freaking socon all the time we talk about every conference out there at least a little bit i mean if there's any kind I of mean, let's be honest we're not talking about like the colonial and right. <laughs> well, but, like, but like for example if something comes up for example yeah. like um you know someone throws a no hitter or if someone has a three-field Fairfield's 20 and 0. Like we'll talk about the newsworthy stuff, but like there's just 300 teams out there and there's only two of us. So like we can't cover literally every single thing that's happened. We're no. going to give the fans and the listeners what they want to hear because, you know, without them we At would the be end, nothing. Exactly. That's, that's a great point right there. I mean, you literally just nailed it on the head right there. And let me let me point this out. People that are like, oh, you don't cover the mid-major. Um yes, we do. We cover the worthy we more than we, anybody else out there. We 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 cover the newsworthy parts of it or the irrelevant part because let me let me let me ask you something ben if you're an sid and monmouth university are you taking the first job in the acc or the conference usa you're you're, you're up and out of there asap you're at that mid-major conference for a reason to try to work your way up to like the you know acc S- big S- 12 big, pac 12 yeah. big 10 whatever so don't give me though for all these the trolls out there. Please, please voice your opinion because we love. I will it. gladly, I will gladly point out the hypocrisy. Yeah, and there's a difference between like trolls and then we have some people that tweet at us all the time that I I think it's funny. Like they they just tweet like oh, oh like, Mississippi State needs to be ranked 11th, not sixth, because they lost two out of three to this series. Like okay, whatever. Like those are funny. Like obviously. They just have oh, like all the biases. hypotheticals. The hypotheticals are one thing, but like if you're gonna tweet at us, like the reason why I got so mad at that guy wasn't because it was, it was he would literally he took a, a false shot at what basically what we were built on. Yeah, we were built on covering the small guys, like the mid majors. That's why we do a mid major poll. We do it, and then we like also are built off of like 
you know, given everybody who needs exposure, exposure, like we're not some guys, we're not two guys that are doing scouting reports for the MLB draft coming up. Like we're guys that enjoy the game of college baseball. We enjoy the exciting parts. We want those exciting parts to grow. You know, if nothing exciting is going on, what's the point of tweeting it out? Because like, it's just going to make the game look boring. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of boring stuff that happens in college baseball. We're not blind to that fact. We're just trying not to promote the boring parts, you know? Because yeah, there's, and, there's and nothing more boring fun. than like a Sunday afternoon 25 to nothing game where there's 30 walks involved. Like that's kind of boring. Nobody would want to attend those games. But and, and yeah, and I'm sorry if you're mad at me because I want to sit here and watch Tennessee and Vanderbilt playing an electric series or Ole Miss Mississippi State and you don't want me to post highlights or talk about those games. Like get like, please, please, the door is right over there please don't let the door hit you on your way out. <laughs> exactly. Like, like go, go somewhere else because I'm going to sit here and watch those games and I will post other things or like pay attention to other things. But yeah, I'm as a college baseball fan. I like, that's like telling somebody they want to go watch Mercer and Sanford football game or, or get mad at them. Cause they're not watching that game. Cause they wanted to watch Ohio state and Alabama in the conference in the, or Florida and Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like you're telling me you would rather watch Mercer and Sanford than Georgia and Florida in Jacksonville. No, like, I mean, like, just like, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Save it. <laughs> yeah. So for everybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're a little fired up about a tweet. This guy tweeted at us. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to, yeah, there's a couple, but I'm not going to say his name cause I don't want to give him that attention, but it just says like, you can look it up. We, we definitely retweeted it. I love how biased y'all are. Almost every single post is about SEC and ACC baseball. You know, there's several, several other conferences too, right? Podcast is turning into the same thing too. 45 minutes on SEC baseball, 15 on the other four major conferences, 10, ma- 10 minutes on mid-major. All right, buddy. Well, listen, when you have two top five matchups, you know, the, on the day before they start up, we're going to spend a lot of time on it because that's what everybody's interested in. And like, we did spend more than like 10 minutes on mid majors. I can tell I'm you that old dominion, old dominion and Charlotte we, we, and Southern miss and Louisiana tech. Like there was way more than 10 minutes involved there. We just, I mean, Dimitri just took like an hour and a half out of his day to make the top 25 rankings for the mid major. Like there, Oh dude, this stuff gets me so fired up. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, you had the perfect reply. They're like, Hey, we, do we do a mid-major top 25? Yes. Do we spend time talking about mid-majors? Yes. Does the SEC give us plenty of coverage for us to post back out? Yes. Like, does it make it easier to get coverage from the ACC and SEC because like the play is better and more prevalent out there? Like, yes. Like we're going through a lot of obstacles just to give you guys mid-major coverage and um, you know, other conferences out there because like the PAC 12 is like, covered by like a black wall you have to pay to watch their stuff and it sucks because like we're not paying. oh yeah yeah that's what else i said i was like yeah. am i gonna pay more for longhorn network or pack 12 network hard no yeah and you know what conference usa you have to pay too i'm not paying for that yeah we'll get the coverage we'll give it out to you if it's notable if, if you're on espn3 where i spend my money because yeah. that's where you're gonna get your biggest variety of game i will gladly pay for that package yeah. but i'm not gonna pay the same price for espn3 per month or ESPN Plus, whatever it is, I'm not going to pay that same price just to watch Conference USA only game. And by the way, Louisiana Tech, their camera for the most part is like up top behind home plate. Yeah, it was like it was not a great broadcast, but it was fun. Dude, the series was fun, and so getting on more of like a positive note here because like obviously it was an incredible weekend. One of my like I said earlier, one of my favorites we've had all year. 
Um, there's a lot of big things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the Louisiana Tech Southern Miss series. We're going to talk about Tennessee Vanderbilt. We're going to talk about Ole Miss, Mississippi State, um, and all that. Just some notes that I want to get started on before we uh, we get into like dive into the deep stuff. There was three no hitters this weekend that I noticed. Maybe more, but these are the three that I uh, I found. There was Wofford, Elliot Carney throws a no hitter. I don't know if you saw the video, Dimitri, but the last out of that no hitter was hilarious. I saw that routine fly ball to left, and the left fielder did everything possible to make it look in, like like, an, like I, a very I, hard play. If I'm the pitcher, I would have ran out there and smacked him. Yeah, I would have I mean, literally smacked him in the face. I wouldn't you know, have punched him, but I would have smacked him. You know how like when you're playing video game, like baseball video games, and sometimes you just can't run in the little circle where the ball or whatever. is, and then the last minute you get in there and you make a diving catch, like. It was. It looked like something off of backyard baseball almost, where you're like trying to dive to get a power up. Because I mean, it was a routine fly ball to left, and this guy took a terrible angle, terrible route, and just somehow backpedaled the last second and fell back and caught it. But it was a it was a very exhilarating way to to finish the no hitter. And yeah, um, dude, I I swear to God, Ben, I swear to God, I would have had a heart attack, died, came back alive, had another heart attack watching him make that play if I was a pitcher. <laughs> And like the, the worst part was like, I don't even know, like, I, obviously I think Wofford's SID would have given him an error if they wouldn't have like caught it just for the sake of the no hitter. But yes, like there's a, there's a case to be made. Like if he doesn't like touch the ball or make an attempt to like, if he just overruns it, which he did, it would have been a hit. And like, that would have been just heartbreaking for Elliot Carney, but he completes the no hitter. Wofford um, ends up winning the game. Now our boy, Alec Jacob from Gonzaga. The no hitter, dude. Pine, the, the pine tar thief, as they call him, uh, got caught with pine tar earlier in this year. Some and kind of sticky substance. And he's been just taking it to everybody since. He uh, threw like seven inning, two runs in, at Texas Tech. Yeah. Or something. And then he did. Yeah, dude. He'd been he's shoving. He's a good pitcher, man. Like, of course, he got caught with some kind of sticky substance, whatever. Like, I guarantee you 40% of college baseball players on the mound use something, maybe more. That might be a very uh, liberal number there. But, yeah, 40%, I would say, uses some sort, of, some sort of sticky substance. And nobody ever checks. Like, obviously, he's still a good pitcher, and so props to him for throwing that no-hitter for Gonzaga. And then uh, Florida International Stephen Casey throws a no-hitter against Marshall. He looked dirty on the mound. I watched the highlights of that. Uh, I was very impressed with him. Uh, some other notes we're going to talk about a little later, but uh, Fairfield starts the season 20-0 and on a 20-game win streak to start the year granted it's not against the best competition but it is no 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 it is absolutely not against the best competition <laughs> like that's <laughs> not a secret it's not a secret but i mean when was the last time all. when was the last time you've seen like a team win 20 straight games i mean it's been a while and, and you know what the best part is it's not some team that you've heard of or anything it's literally the fairfield stag like who the, the hell like like what the hell is going on in fairfield connecticut you know what i mean like yeah, it's kind of like cool the part. same it's kind of like the same thing for whenever uh like stony brook got hot and went to the college world series is like where the hell is stony brook like where the hell is fairfield and then you're you're my favorite tweet of the weekend was whenever you quote tweeted the uh the fairfield stags 20 and 0 blah 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 and you're just like what is a stag and then google image and it's a picture of a deer with just like the most ridiculous ant eater well not said ant eaters the ridiculous antlers like just 20 feet across i mean it was it looked like a made-up creature uh, but yeah i learned something there today so what is a stag i guess it's a type of deer with big antlers um 
Another funny picture that I, I just want to make a quick note of the Toledo Akron picture where I didn't, <laughs> I didn't look up the guy's names, but if you guys follow us on Twitter, please go look at the, the, the game day sweep. Um, Toledo posted like a broom picture over like there, they swept Akron. And there was like a six foot eleven dude standing next to Akron. No dude, no dude. He's not that tall. He's probably like thick three. And the other dude's just that short. No, is that dude? That guy must be like four foot something. I'll tell you right now. Please do because that picture. I mean, I sat back and laughed so hard when I was looking at. It. No offense to the short guy, but I mean, you know the whole viral picture of like Aaron Judge next to uh, Jose Altuve on second base. It was like replicated like that, and it was twice as funny just because. The Akron guy was just so tiny. It looked like it was photoshopped. And but yeah, Toledo sleep look, Toledo sweeps Akron. And not that we're gonna see either one of those teams come hey, June, but that guy, okay, that guy whose name is Kate O'Hara. He's five five. No, he's not. He's five five, 145 pounds. He's five foot one, maybe. Five five. I'm on the roster. I know the roster says that, but you can't put a guy's height down as 5'1 in Division One college baseball. You just – I don't think the options go that low. I mean, okay, okay. <laughs> if he's 5'5", five, five, that guy's probably like 6'4". No, dude, that guy's like almost two feet taller than him. Yeah, but if the, the angle of the picture probably makes it look a little taller. The helmet makes him look taller. Like – Maybe. But you it's just I mean? a hilarious, it's a hilarious picture. If that right. guy's five yeah. five, the other guy's and Toledo six. knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, that they picture. It was a sweep, and like, then they like, hey guys, look how short this guy is. It was probably like a random double, like in the middle of like a Saturday game that they just took a picture of, and <laughs> they, they knew exactly it. what they were doing. Yeah, but that was funny. That's what I mean. I love college I love baseball that. SIDs, man. They have a little good, good little sense of humor, or most of them do. Um, some other quick notes: our our series, the Missouri or. Mississippi Valley State, they get swept by Alabama A&M. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State is 0-17 now this year, which you know we'll talk a little bit about when we do our bottom 10 rankings. Um, and then just some guys that appeared on the show, like some guests we've had this year, a little update on them. Matt Nelson is on another level right now for Florida State. He's got like 15 homers and 46 RBIs. Uh, he's leading the ACC in pretty much every offensive category catcher behind the dish we made a big deal about him not being on the golden spikes watch list that is just embarrassing for the golden spikes to not have him on the list i think he's personally like a top eight to ten favorite right now i i I really do like i can't think of 10 guys better than him right now in college baseball so hopefully we see him make that semifinal cut get back on the list there Uh, another guy jordan wicks had an electric exit after throwing seven innings one hit Uh, or three hit one run ball against Oklahoma the lefty from Kansas State one of our first guests this year another great outing it's four and two on the year really really good start for that Kansas State team Um, another guest we've had on Braden Oltoff from Tulane just a wicked dude I don't understand how his ball moves so much he looks like almost like Bronson Arroyo up there just making the ball dance hit up 10 strikeouts against Wichita State and Tulane continues to roll roll wave whatever they're saying is they are um in in contention with east carolina to potentially win the american athletic conference which i mean both of those teams i would love to see in a regional i think east carolina is a top 10 team in the nation just based off talent unfortunately they didn't get to play this week because of covid um and then the last little thing here that i had was alex terrell 
hits the top Torral. of the park. Come on. Torral hits the top of the parking deck behind right field in Miami's field. I mean, you know Miami baseball more than I do. So, like, how many times have you seen that actually happen? Like, the top deck, like, fifth story. Like, like literally, like, in, in let's see, in fifth, over about 15 years of watching Miami baseball, maybe three times. And two of them are in the big league. Yasmani Grandal is my one guess. Yasmani Grandal, Yonder Alonso, and a guy and a guy named Dennis Rabin. He played minor league ball. Just a lefty, just built like a Hulk, strong lefty. He wasn't like the best player, but he had juice. He had like massive juice. And those are the only three guys I've ever seen do it. And Terrell is the only one in the BB core era. Yeah. So that, God, ball, dude. With, that ball with seven. how does Miami not have like track man on their field or rap it, soda? It went it went four it went four something four hundred and forty or four fifty four hundred fifty feet, and I don't know if that track man I know I don't know if that track man can get to five hundred because no. that is a five hundred foot home run if I've ever seen one. Um, I think I know track man tracked the ball off the. Uh, off the bat and doesn't matter like what's in front of it, like where it lands, it project it projects the whole entire ball, like the whole path of the ball. So I don't know how they got four. It was like 440, 450. I can't remember the exact number, but like off the bat, a track man will tell you how far it goes, even if it hits a net in front of you. I know. You know yeah, I mean? I, yeah, I know that. So, but listen. So, so it landing on the parking deck should not have affected its like how far it would have gone. But you, you know can't I mean? tell me that ball would have only went 40 feet over the center field fence. I thought that ball was 480 minimum. Listen, like when it comes to like this whole track man stuff, I think it's wrong most of the time. I, I, I don't want to no be the way. guy to argue with physics. But listen, like when, like for example, Giancarlo Stanton hits a ball, you know, on the top deck of Yankee Stadium or whatever. And it's like, oh, 441. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, that ball's going way over 40 feet over the center field fence. Like, it's going 100 feet over. I just don't get track. I will, I will say, think about it this way. Think about taking a 90-foot base path from home to first and putting that behind the wall. It's really not that far. So when exactly. You think of, so we, no, no, but listen. So when you think of, like, 330 down the line, add that base, 430. Like that ball is coming straight down. Usually it's coming down at that point. It's not going to travel very much further. So when they hit it like 460, 450, that is a long way. 500 feet, Ben. That's like taking, I mean, I'm not I'm, saying, I'm not saying some of these balls aren't going, but take a 90 foot base path and put it straight behind center field. You, you realize how far that is? Yeah, it's 90 feet further. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, but, but like 500 feet. I'm just saying that we just have never seen like 500 foot home runs in the Trackman era, and like meanwhile, you listen to the like old time baseball guys talking about you know like Cecil Fielder hitting the ball 500 feet or Reggie Jackson hitting it 500 feet, like oh that's all. I feel like a lot of those are myths. They have to be myths. I don't know. I just yeah, the same whole thing with Babe Ruth. Like you're telling me Babe Ruth, you're telling me Babe Ruth ripped the heater chugged the beer and went out there and hit a 450 foot home run off of 88 down the right down the Richard. <laughs> I don't know, man. But anyways, I just think their balls are yeah. hit 500 feet. They just never get credit for it. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways, out there can, can argue with me on that. Um, so look, we got a lot to, Oh, one more thing that I just see in my notes here. Uh, is Southern Illinois, a bunch of frauds. 
we, we hyped Southern Illinois up in the first half of the season. And now they're sitting in like seventh place in the Missouri Valley. They went from like projected 50 and six on the year, or 53 and six. And now they've lost like their last three series, including losing three out of four to Bradley. Southern Illinois, who we had ranked number one mid-major beginning of the season, now like is in desperation mode just to finish in the top four of their own conference. So that was something else that caught my attention this weekend. But let's start with uh, let's start with a little Big 12 play and how University of Texas is on a 13-game winning streak and nobody's talking about Wait, it. Wait, hold on. Go back. Hold on. I don't know. I was reading something on my phone. I think I just totally tuned you out about Southern Illinois. And yes, <laughs> hold on. Dude, Did she just tune me out? <laughs> I, I completely, I was literally looking at something and completely forgot you were talking because I had something to say about Southern Illinois. Yeah, that's really and, important in, in podcasting is like, you got to listen to the other guy. <laughs> 100% agree. But anyway, Southern Illinois, let's talk about this. They were projected 53 and 3 by the computers. We knew that wasn't happening. We just didn't know they were going to lose this many games this fast. I thought it was going to wait. We were going to have to wait until, you know, Dallas Baptist. We knew Illinois State was going to give them trouble. Yeah. But we knew Dallas Baptist. We knew um, who else? Who else? Um, Indiana State. We knew they weren't getting through that four-game stretch, 8-0 or 7-1. But they got caught early. And ho- hopefully, maybe they'll heat up again because that's we talk about this all the time. Yes, Hot, we do. cold, hot. That's the way you want in a college baseball season. Hot, cold, hot. Because that second hot carries you right into the postseason. So maybe Southern Illinois got this down to a dotted eye. Hot, we're going we're gonna to play like shit for a couple of weeks, and then we're going to heat up. We're not going to use up all of our um, boost yet. We're going to save some boost for the end. We're going to save our power-ups for the end. Oh, oh, speaking of hot, cold, hot, another team that just jumps to mind whenever, whenever that phrase comes about uh, how about our boys at Coastal Carolina? Um, hello, emergency button. Like, are, are they that bad? They're three and six in the Sun Belt, and only seventeen and thirteen overall. Like, that was a team that many were saying like super talented this year. They, uh, you know, they played They're very old good too, dude. They're old. They have experience. Parker Chambers is still there. Yeah, and so they lose two out of three to Georgia Southern this weekend, and Georgia Southern sitting pretty in the. Um, Sun Belt in the Sun Belt, but listen to this. So Coastal Carolina, seventeen and thirteen. Their next four games, you got North at North Carolina, which is going to be a tough test for them, and then they go three at Liberty, who we just ranked top twenty-five this week, who's twenty-five and eight. Like they could be seventeen and seventeen very easily after this you next week. Seventeen and eighteen. No, they're seventeen and thirteen right now. Oh, they got oh, four yeah, games. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. You are so, 100% correct. Like the the chance, man. The Chanticleers, they uh, they're in trouble. They're they are in trouble. They are in trouble. And you know what? Honestly, I think Coastal just going to be one of that team, one of those teams that sleepwalk the regular season, and then they just show up in some belt tournament, win the damn tournament, go to a regional, the four seed, and they beat the number one seed. And that's that's what I could see happening. I them. would be a big fan of that. I would love to see them win the uh, the Sun Belt conference now they're in the same category as like ucla and florida who you know maybe just sleepwalk through the regular season and then catch fire um which, but anyway yo speaking of coastal do you th- i think we might have them a little bit too high in our mid-major power ranking but they're still a good team like mo- some of these teams i feel like they would beat 
Like if they played Fairfield in a three game series, I think they sweep Fairfield. Probably, probably. So that's like a hard thing with about the mid major power ranking. It's really difficult to put together because some records teams, aren't everything. Records aren't everything. Like quality losses. Like if you have a team that has like, you know, twelve losses, but seven of them are to you know quadrant one teams or whatever, like top tier teams. You can't punish them for that. It's just yeah, a bad no. Schedule. It's a fine say. You have to really, you have to look at their schedule to make yeah. the ranking. That's why it takes so much longer than the regular one, because the regular one usually like you have benchmarks that you can look at. You can yeah. look at winning record in SEC ACC play, or then you can look at yeah, like that's why a mid major team has to play exceptionally. Such an honor for a mid major team to be in the top twenty five because that means they're playing above above average. Yeah, you're a top two or three conference to their conference counterpart. Yeah, you have to be like basically a top two or three mid-major team to even get consideration for the top 25. Which is why it's an honor to be in the top 25 of the mid-major. And, you know, wins and losses aren't everything when it comes to mid-major because, you know, just because there's, you there's such North thing Carolina, as like, the, the best way to put it is like there's such thing as quality wins and quality losses in the mid-major. Like you can have a quality win to boost your resume up a lot, and you have a quality loss to even boost your resume up. You yep. lose a one-run game to Arkansas, like Louisiana Tech did. Like that helps their case. Well, think about Ole Miss. Think about Ole Miss. They lost two out of three at Florida. They lost two out of three, or yeah, lost two out of three at home against the number one team in the country, and then they lost two out of three on the road at arguably one of the toughest places to play. And they that's got to be six. the that's got to be the toughest nine-game conference stretch. I mean, of all think time. about it. That's three and six. Find me 15 teams. Okay, so people are saying, are they really top 15 team? Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. But you got to look at it this way. Find me 15 teams. That can go three and six. That can go three and six. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, 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 I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think there are 15 teams that do that. No. No, 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 not at all. And yeah, so there's like, I mean, there's, there's a case to be made for like Mississippi or Ole Miss not, you know, winning any series. Why do they keep staying in the top 15 rankings? I get it. Like, if you want to be that guy and say, but put like, all the bias aside and just look at the number. Like, if you face Ole Miss in a three game series, will your team beat them two out of three? I don't think, I mean, there's only probably 15 teams maybe that could do it. Maybe. Maybe. But, but anyways, anyways, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Big 12 first. That's where I want to start. Uh, the biggest surprise to me in the Big 12, uh, I was shocked and not aware for this, but somehow I, some there's two things that stand out. One, Texas has won 13 straight games, and nobody's talking about it, including us. Like, I was – I was. I'm going to be completely honest with you, and, I'm, and I know we're an unbiased college baseball media outlet, but I don't like Texas. And if, if you haven't figured that out yet, I don't like Texas. And it's hard as a human being – to sit here and put my hatred for Texas to the side because I just don't like Texas. I had never have. I liked Vince Young, and that was the only reason why I liked Texas for for maybe one game, four quarters of sports that I've liked Texas. Oh, and the Augie Garrido famous viral YouTube video where he said he's going to pull the wires out of your face or whatever. <laughs> that was the jaw. only time I've ever been a Texas fan. Wire your, wire your jaw shut or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Which you don't know one fucking thing about. <laughs> a fist fight or a Anyway, I don't like Texas. And you have to give them credit. We have them number three in the country. I don't like them being there, but it is what it is. They deserve it. They've earned it. They, let them have it. Well, you know, really- you know what I was going to bring up is 
Like, have they really deserved it? Because so look, let's rewind a little bit. So they're 30 and eight on the season. They've won 13 straight. The last game they lost was at Texas A&M when um, Colin Joswiak or not Colin, that's his older brother, um, Chandler Joswiak did the horns down. Everybody on the line went horns down, horns down, horns down. Well, they went on to sweep Kansas and then they beat, they won two midweek games against uh, Corpus Christi and Stephen F. Austin. They sweep Kansas State. They win both games, midweek games against Nevada, and then they sweep Abilene Christian. That like, played anybody. That is a very, very soft schedule. And I mean, I don't know. Like, they've obviously beaten Oklahoma two out of three. They've beaten Baylor two out of three. They swept South Carolina, which was the big statement. They won two out of three against Houston, but Houston's no good this year. And then, like, if you really go back to the beginning of their schedule, they lose to Mississippi State opening day, Arkansas the next day, and Ole Miss the game after that. So, Really, their best win besides South Carolina's sweep is like winning two out of three at maybe Baylor. I mean, no, trust me. Texas Tech is either going to really make some noise next couple of weeks or they're just going to fall off the face of the earth. Right. Well, that's the, that was the second surprise I have about the Big 12. Somehow, Texas Tech is only seven and five in the Big 12. If you would have asked me just blindly like two hours ago, what's Texas Tech's record in the Big 12? I'd say, okay, how many games have they played? 12? Okay, they're probably nine and three. Like, no, they're seven and five, which like they're three games back of Texas and TCU who are both tied at 10 and two. Now their schedule does get a little easier here. Um, you know, they play, well, let me take it back. It gets easier at the end of the season because they finish with six games, three at Oklahoma and three against Kansas. Um, they should take care of that. Now they have tricky tests this week. They play Oklahoma midweek in a non-conference game and then three at Baylor and then three at Texas after that. So Baylor's a decent team. Like, don't like they might sneak up on you and win a game, but they should. Texas Tech should sweep that series. And then April thirtieth to May second, there's Texas Tech at Texas, which oh, I cannot wait. Which is going to be an, an and dude a, and dude, we're getting closer to summertime and hot weather and everything. I think this is where Texas starts to break out. I swear to God, this is not. Just me overreacting. When Texas starts putting their big old eye black on, their Texas big, Tech, shiny you, Oakley. You, huh? you have, you, you've been saying Texas. You mean Texas Tech, right? I said Texas Tech. No, check the tapes. You said Texas twice. Okay, Texas Tech. When the, it's summertime, they start dragging that big old obnoxious eye black. They start wearing sunglasses at the plate. Their leg kicks oh. like somehow get bigger. Like at the plate. Their leg kicks get bigger, <laughs> and they just start mashing. And I'm telling you, it's coming. It's already started to happen. You know, you know, in Game of Thrones, where it's like winter is coming. Well, like yeah. Texas Tech says, like summer is coming. <laughs> like, dude. Like you don't want to play a regional in a hundred degree weather on turf. And by the why, well, honestly, I've I've always wondered why do Texas and Texas Tech have turf? Um, because they have the money for it. I don't know. I, no, no, seriously, seriously, is it like like is it a water thing? Like is it hard to keep their water? Oh, that's actually probably the right answer. I never even considered that. But yeah, it's like it's a desert in like West Texas and like obviously tech like university of Texas and uh, Austin, which is like central state. Like, but isn't, have it more green there? isn't it more green there or no? Yeah. Well, I've never more, been, I've never way, been to Austin. Way more green in Austin than Lubbock. Lubbock's like basically a desert. Like I'm sure there's water restrictions that like they wouldn't be able to water their field sometimes. So uh, that's probably the right answer why they have to have turf. Cause you can't water your field. Uh, if I had to make a guess, so congrats to you for coming up with that. I would have never said that. Yeah, because I was wondering that. Like, why the hell do these teams have turf? I think Texas has turf because of the style of baseball they played. 
Like a lot of small ball, like steel bases, bunt, like play good defense. Interesting. And then let me ask you this. Speaking of turf, why the hell does Tennessee and Vanderbilt have turf? Well, Tennessee just got turf, right? Yeah. Why why do they have turf? Like, I don't get it. Uh, You have the money to make a beautiful field in the mountain. I'm talking about Tennessee here. Think about how beautiful their field would be in Tennessee. In Knoxville, they might get a lot of rain there. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the but weather. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I would never, I would never vouch. I mean, if you're my volunteer assistant, hell yeah, I don't want, I don't want, I want a turf field because that's less work for me. But baseball is such a traditional sport that lining, laying the chalk down to line the line, mowing the grass, rake dragging the field, you know, tamping the mound, tamping home plate, like that's just part of the joy of baseball. And my, I might be the only one thinking that right now, but that's just kind of some of the little things that just bug me, like looking at a turf field. Yeah. Um, I Don't get me pref- wrong. I like turf. I would say I always like playing on turf. I, I would, but I also like playing on like nice grass, but there is like that thing where like we would go play like a, a midweek at Savannah state, no offense to Savannah state, but oh, dude, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I like, I would have, I would have paid a hundred dollars when I walked through the gate to make that field turf because the grass and like the grass sucked. It was dusty. The dirt was like sand. Like I mean, there are some, I mean, there don't get me wrong. Their infield lip is like walking across the Appala- Appalachian mountain. Yeah, no, it's just like, it's embarrassing for a college baseball. But I think they just went down to division two. But uh, I mean, there's a lot more of, like field maintenance that goes involved with, with. Uh, so anyway, yeah. so anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're there good. <laughs> let's go back to talking about Texas. I think the Big Twelve. I will say TCU deserves attention because I slandered them a lot. I said they sucked. I said they yeah, weren't good, and they keep winning. So now I think it's my time to apologize and basically say, "Hey, TCU, maybe you are good." But I, still I mean, if you, look I, at, if you look at TCU's Big 12 schedule so far, they swept Baylor, swept Oklahoma, swept Oklahoma State. They lose two out of three at Texas Tech, but they win Friday night and they lose Saturday on uh, walk off and extra innings. So, like, they're one inning away from being 11 and one in the Big 12 with you got Kansas, West Virginia, and Kansas State all left on their schedule. Like this might be TCU's conference to win, like because they play Texas. May I'm still sticking with my Texas Tech pick. I know, but listen, Texas Tech has to pick up three games on TCU. I know, I know, and that's really hard to do with nine games left. No, there's twelve games left, but twelve. Nine of their twelve games are against Kansas, West Virginia, and Kansas State. So who Texas Tech? TCU. Oh yeah, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying, but. You know how this goes. This is the hardest part of college baseball is holding on to your reality. Basically, you control your own destiny. This yeah. is where teams like TCU, everyone would expect, oh, yeah, TCU is going to win this. But this is where good teams and great teams separate because TCU it can, can falter somewhere. If they Let's think about this. They lose two out of three one weekend. Texas Tech can gain two games on them. I mean, they could. But that's a lot of what ifs we're going with here, Demetri. No, no, because Texas Tech is going to sweep. They're going to get one more sweep this year. Okay. TCU, they lose two out of three one weekend. That's a one and two weekend Texas Tech sweep. That's a two game jump. I feel like you're finding ways to hate on TCU right now. No, no, no. I'm telling you. Listen, if you if TCU, I'm telling you, this is how this is how this this is how this goes all the time. TCU's got a lead on them, right? Everyone's like, "Ooh, TCU's got a comfortable lead." 
All it takes is a Texas Tech sweep and a TCU two out of three loss. And then Texas Tech one game back with a tiebreaker over them. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not wrong. But I'm just saying, so I think, I mean, TCU could very easily win. I just think that's usually how it is. Same thing with the SEC. Well, let me counter, let me counter that TCU slander with uh, the reason why I think TCU is the most deserving Big 12 team right now. Uh, It's like the highest. No, no, we're not talking about deserving. We're talking about, listen, listen, going to win. TCU already has swept Liberty like bad. Like they won four to one, nine to two, 12 to two early in the year. Yeah. They also beat Mississippi. They also beat Mississippi State in that State Farm College Baseball Showdown, which was the only Big 12 team to win a game out of yep. the nine they played. Um, and, like, they, they've they swept Baylor, they've swept Oklahoma, and they've swept Oklahoma State. Like, And you're just going to – I love how you just went straight from t- t- Liberty, straight down to Louisiana and Baylor and all that, just skipped a series loss to Gonzaga. I love how you just skipped to push your stupid narrative. <laughs> you just skipped straight over it and knew exactly what you, – you were hoping I wasn't looking at it because yeah. – they lost two out of three to Gonzaga. Brutal error. Yeah, don't get me wrong. They that would say brutal. Gonzaga's 22 and 13 this year. Brutal error. Let me just write my own narrative. You just wrote yours. No. I'm just I'm a t- believer in the no, Horn wait, 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 wait. I said brutal error when they lost game three. They threw that ball oh, away. Three oh, runs scored. Yeah. Okay. And that, they lost that series. So easily could have won that series. So, I mean, don't, don't sit here and toot this little <laughs> horn frog horn. <laughs> that they're the best team in all the land because they're not. But I think I think they're gonna falter. And if they don't, it won't surprise me. But I think I think they're gonna lose two out of three at West Virginia, just looking at their schedule. And then Texas. They've got Texas. If they don't get a series win there, like I'm telling you, Ben, they it's not it's not it's not nearly over yet. But anyway, that's all I got on Big Twelve. What else uh-huh. you got? Let's that's I mean that's it for the Big Twelve. I mean it's really a four team race. I mean Oklahoma State getting swept kind of hurts. O- the... Oklahoma State's out of it. Out of what? Oh, they're this out of meant... the Big Twelve race. Yeah, but they're still going to make a regional. Like yeah, they're but fine. they're out of the Big Twelve regular season race. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's briefly go over the Pac twelve here. I mean, I know it's all mishmashed in there. Like, there's eight teams that are really good, or I, let's say six teams that are really good. Uh, Oregon State somehow is in first place. They're ten and five. But Stanford and Oregon have played three less games, so they're both eight and four. I think Oregon's probably the best team in that conference, hands down. When when you say half game, I would just say they're two out of three series away because that's how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're two out of. They have to win a two out of three series. So right, and then I, and there's UCLA right there, nine and six, only a game out of first place. Like I told you, they're just gonna lurk around. They're gonna get hot at the end of the year. Be like <laughs> oh, a. Yeah. They're they're just. Ah, oh, dude, UCLA just pisses me off more than any other team. But can you believe that there's one game difference between the one, two, three, four, five, the fifth place team and the first place team? They're the one game difference. Yeah, I mean, it's and just, UCLA. I mean, UCLA literally is still gonna win it. This, UCLA had the best week they've ever had, so I'm expecting them to have the worst week they've ever had because they're so bipolar. But they yep. won 12 to two, 20 to nothing, 13 to three, and nine to two against Utah. Now they have Pepperdine, and then the big series that I'm looking forward to this next week is Oregon. They're going to Oregon, and I think, dude, you know what's crazy is can Oregon keep up what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, I think they can. I think they're the real deal this I, year. Of course, I think they can too. But that is wild. I mean, they lost two out of three. So, two out of three to Oregon State. And, they, dude, don't forget, 
don't forget, Oregon State swept a four-game set with Santa Barbara. Yeah. And then they lost. They won two out of three, Oregon State. Two out of three, Arizona State. They lost two out of three to Arizona. Um, that game was close. Wait, Oregon remember. State did not sweep. Oregon. Oh, Oregon. I thought you said Oregon State. Sorry. No, and then they beat Oregon State. They beat Arizona State. Lost two out of three. Swept the four-game set with New Mexico State. Two. Then they sweep Oregon State. Then they sweep two out of three USC. Like, and you're telling me they're only one game. They're only one game in front of UCLA, who I feel like has lost every other weekend. Yeah, no, it's just ridiculous, man. I UCLA is going to just break our hearts again at the end of the year. No, and, I, I I think Oregon. If you look at resume, they have the best resume. So no doubt sure. about it. No doubt about it. Um, so, and it's still crazy to me to see like some of these baseball outlets still have an Arizona ranked like two overall, like whatever. Yeah, no way. Number two national seed. Yeah, get out of here. What no, I'm, no, I'm sorry, but okay. Arkansas, they lost 21 to two against Washington State on Friday. Don't get me wrong. Arkansas lost 16 to one to Auburn. And Auburn just got their second SEC win this weekend. So, yeah. well, like, Arkansas also lost to Texas A&M today, which I know, but, but I know, but they were, they were on the verge of sweeping them. They have bases loaded one out today. Yeah. And freaking Joe's, we, I came in and struck out two to end it, but dude, just looking at like, how do you lose to Washington state 21 to two 13? And then you went 13. I mean, they gave up Ben, they gave up 29, 37 runs this weekend and won two out of three. But they also scored – they only scored 29. Yeah. They got outscored and won two. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, yeah, dude, don't – I don't think Arizona the two national seed. No, not at all. Like, they, they're not even going to host, I don't think, to be honest with you. I think Oregon – I think they'll host. I honestly think Oregon and UCLA will be the two teams that host out of the Pac-12. I don't see California allowing fans. That's the only reason why. Um. Yeah, that's probably a good point. I always forget about that stupid COVID stuff. But, anyways, uh, Stanford takes two out of three against Arizona State. So Stanford shows that they're the real deal. I mean, anytime you go to Arizona State and win two out of three, you got to tip your cap to that. So Stanford might be one of those teams this year. Like you said it when in the Chris Burke interview, like they just remind you that classic Stanford team that you know doesn't have any superstar players but just puts it all together and and wins games so that's that's what i'm saying like that's just what stanford has been all about and i love seeing them having success yeah um so moving on let's do the big 10 real quick the uh big 10 i honestly didn't watch a single big 10 game this weekend um i'm looking at the standings right now nebraska is in first by half a game over michigan now i did see some highlights of michigan just waxing minnesota they waxed them i mean they won all three games they won 21 to 5 4 to nothing and 9 to 4 Michigan looks like they're rolling. They get rewarded. But, hey, but hey, Minnesota's also 4-20. and 20. Yeah, well, listen to this. So Michigan's next, like, eight games, you got three against Rutgers, two against Northwestern, two against Illinois, and then three against Michigan State. Like, they don't play another winning team again until Indiana, like, three weeks from now. And then what I'm most looking forward to in the Big Ten, because I think this is going to be the decider, they play Michigan plays at Nebraska the last weekend of the series. Hell yeah. And I mean, I think both of those teams are legit. I think you can put them in any other conference and they would compete. Um, and then you kind of have a break off after the next two, like Indiana is a really good team. I don't know if I'm sold on Indiana a hundred percent yet, just because they got swept 
four times. They got swept in the four game series by Ohio State. Yeah, they lost, they went on a six game losing streak, and like they finally just played Illinois and Northwestern and won four out of five there. But it's funny how those teams are. You like get back on track game. No, yeah, no doubt. But so, I think I think the winner of the Big Ten is a hundred percent final weekend link uh, Haymarket Park in Nebraska. That that weekend is going to be electric. Yes. Oh man, dude, it's going to be fun. It's going to be hot out there in Nebraska. The fans are going to be drinking a lot of beer. God, I wish I was playing. I w- dude. So funny story. When I was playing for the Salt Dog in Lincoln, if Nebraska like there's so we our season would start like um like the last like May 16th ish or something. I'm guessing like the May 21st, the Friday is usually when our indie ball season would start. And if we were, um, we would get to catch their last game of the series. We would catch it before because we would either be on the road or at home or whatever. Or last week of spring training, that series against Michigan, we would have been able to watch, and that would have been fun to watch. Oh yeah. Um. So the Salt Dogs will be watching that game. That's what you're saying? No, I don't know. I don't know what their schedule is like now with COVID and all that. Probably changed, but that mich- that last weekend michigan in the Nebra- in lincoln is going to be electric and if you guys don't know nebraska baseball is they take their shit serious if if uh, think of mississippi state on a smaller scale so think of if you just took mississippi state and shrunk the population by like 5 10,000 and put them in a stadium that's nebraska they chant they know every tradition they cheer everything and they're loud they care. They get pissed about everything. That's <laughs> so Nebraska baseball fans. Wait, they I'm get pissed at everything. So, like, they are like a Mississippi State fan. <laughs> they, they are. They, they're, they, they, they care a lot. No, yeah, Nebraska is one of those teams. Like, I, I've always like enjoyed. I guess maybe because I saw them like one of the first College World Series I remember watching with like Joba Chamberlain and and those guys in like the 2003 Jabba Jabba Chamberlain 2003 <laughs> or two College World Series. Um, Alex Gordon, those guys. Like that was fun. Like they, you could see the baseball tradition, and like they, they're not like every other Big Ten school as far as baseball. Like they, they really, really support their guys. So um, definitely gonna be rooting for that series. I can't wait for it. The last weekend of the series. Um, real quick, let's go over Conference USA here. So we have. I mean, it's the four-headed race right here. You got two teams in the East, two teams in the West, and they're just gonna beat up on each other. And the other eight teams are just not relevant. So it, it really comes down between Louisiana Tech, who we have ranked first in the mid-major poll this week, and then they just beat Southern Miss. Now, Southern Miss is 10-5 and five in Conference USA. They're in second place in the West behind Louisiana Tech. Oh, yeah, well, all five of their losses have been to Louisiana Tech. So they're ten or they're 9-0 and against other teams in the, in the Conference USA. And then Louisiana Tech, three of their four losses, they're 12-4 and four this year, three of their four losses have been to Southern Miss. So those two teams just paced off this weekend – four game series and they ended up splitting because our boy Manny Garcia goes your your quote berserk around the bases after hitting a walk off home run in the seventh. He took so, his helmet off and put it back on rounding seconds like took it off like yeah that's probably not a good idea. Put yeah. it back on barely got the third before he took it off again. Yeah. So like he was it was an out of body experience for him, no doubt. And Dude, he was doing the freaking airplane flying, soaring, not a star in heaven. Stop. <laughs> That's disgusting. Don't flying, be singing like that. So um, let's, set anyway. the scene. let's set the scene. So Southern Miss is like two outs away from 
or maybe yeah, it was two. No, outs there were two off today. There was one out away from winning it today. Yeah, one out away from taking the series at Louisiana Tech, three and, one. And Louisiana Tech, Manny Garcia comes up, hits a ball. He knows it's gone off the bat and just goes bananas around the bases. Like can't control his body. He's that pumped up. And yep. so ben, they end up, but they on end the up other sweeping or not sweeping. They ended up winning three out of four of that series. But it was just fun to watch the whole time. It was a uh what did you say three out of four? Yeah, three out of four. They split. Two, oh, two. split. What am I saying, dude? I'm so sorry. That is on me. It's okay. I say I say things that are wrong too all the time. Mm-hmm. Thanks um, for having my back though. All right. On the other side of the conference in the east, conference USA. Charlotte and Old Dominion. There's a lot of thoughts going on. D1 baseball's got them both in the top 25. I do not I do not think they deserve it yet. I think they're forgetting they're they're riding this little hype train right now to just create get content going for a top 25 matchup. I don't I think they're very good teams. I just don't think they're top 25. And this is just my opinion. D1 baseball can disagree with me all they want, which is fine. I think it's a healthy discussion when other outlets disagree and it's not an echo chamber where everyone's just saying the same thing. Yeah. So what you're saying is D1 baseball is kind of scripting this so that they can write about this the next two series because Old Dominion is 27 and 7 and Charlotte's 25 and 10. Both really good teams, like you said, in the discussion of being ranked. And they play each other eight times in a row over the next two weeks. And so you're saying like D1 baseball is kind of having these two teams ranked. I think it's a premature ranking, especially for Charlotte. Listen, Ben, this same Charlotte team, they won like six straight to open the year, okay? Then they lost to UNCG midweek. They lost two out of three to Western Carolina. They lost. They got swept by East Carolina. They lost to Wake Forest. They lost to Rhode Island. Like, and then they started rolling again once they got to conference play. So, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah, they swept FAU. They swept FIU. Like, those are that's hard to do. But like, let's pump the brakes here. This team, you cannot rank this team based off of just two or three weeks of play. Yeah. So I mean, and it's one of those that. Really, it's it's hard to find twenty five deserving teams, and I see why I see what you're saying as far as like no Liberty Liberty had the better resume than both of them. Yeah, they did. Well, Liberty, I believe, is getting like disrespected by a lot of college baseball media outlets because Liberty right now, is, like, what do they have like five ACC wins, and they're not even in the ACC. And they're five ACC wins. They're not in the ACC, and they're steamrolling everybody else. Yeah, and so Old Dominion obviously twenty seven and seven, but. Played a much softer schedule than most right, teams out there. Listen to this. Norfolk State, okay, they lost. They won 7-1-12, not 12-5-19-2. Norfolk State, not even worthy of my time to discuss. Then they lost two out of three to Rhode Island. They beat East Carolina in the midweek, 6-5. Um, then they two out of three is Northeastern. Their big, you know what their biggest win, right? Biggest series, in my opinion, is they swept Ball State. Old Dominion? Yeah, that's their biggest because then FIU. FIU is 14 and 21. They're irrelevant. They took three out of four. Then they played Marshall, who is sixth and 22. They barely have a heartbeat, and they, they swept them four games. Then they played FAU, and they took three out of four. Okay? And then they played Rice, and they took three out of four. They lost to Rice 11 to two. Like, that's not a good game, which is fine. Three out of four is a big weekend. That is a success, again, no matter who you play. But you're telling me their best weekend is a three-game sweep over Ball State. 
and you're telling me that's a top 25 team? I don't think yeah, so. I don't think so either. I think you're onto something. I, I mean, I, I, obviously I, the records prove that like they should be in the conversation and being ranked, but yeah, a hundred percent should be in the conversation. But now let me, let me, let me just rattle this off real quick while we're talking about this. Listen to Liberty. Look at the, the let's listen to their resume. Opening weekend, they lost two out of three to Campbell. Okay. Then they played at TCU, which we now know is a really good baseball team. They lost, they lost 4-1 Friday night, close game. Then they got smacked the next two. Okay. So that's your first seven games of the year. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. We'll hold them accountable, but they lost to really good teams. Campbell and TCU are better than Ball State. Technically. Ball State, we have them higher in the mid-major. We don't have Campbell ranked. Campbell just had them put together a good enough string of, you know, games to get ranked. Anyway, so they played TCU. They got their ass handed to them on the road, top 10 team in the country. They swept UCF. They beat North Carolina. North Alabama, irrelevant. They beat North Carolina. VCU, decent. They're similar to Ball State. VCU is like a similar style of team to Ball State. They swept them. They beat Virginia. They beat Bellarmine. They lost one to Bellarmine, which is not a good not a good look, but conference game, whatever. They lost to Duke. They beat VCU again. They lost to VCU. And then they beat Wake. They swept Lipscomb. They beat Virginia Tech, and they swept North Alabama, who's irrelevant. Their schedule is way tougher than Charlotte and Old Dominion. Yeah. Way, I mean, like they have a better, way better resume. Way better resume. And you're telling me Charlotte and Old Dominion are in your top 25 and it had nothing to do with them playing each other for the next eight game? Like, come on now. It's the, uh, it's the big mystery of college baseball there, I guess. I mean, Liberty, Liberty rolled out. I mean, they have, they have dudes. They can hit. They're freaking closer. The lefty up to 95. He's got scouts. He looks like a, um, less talented version of Chris Sale. And I wouldn't I I'm only saying less talented because one is in the big league for a long time, but the similar three quarter arm slot, far, far left side of the rubber, comes from behind you as a lefty and it's 93-95. He's nasty. And they've got pieces, important the important pieces you need to have a good team. They've got it. Yeah. So I, I just don't understand how you're going to have Liberty not in the top 25, but you're going to have these two teams and not just come out and say, hey, guys, they're playing eight games in a row. We need things to talk about outside of the SCAC. Let's put Liberty, uh, Old Dominion Charlotte in the top 25. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, I mean, I, I hey, agree with you. Let me go ahead and add this. I will, I will die on this hill. Southern Myth has a better resume than Charlotte and Old Dominion. No, yeah? You think so? I don't think so. I know so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that that definitely. Uh, well, I mean, they do. I mean, like all of their losses have been to Louisiana Tech, who has the best resume out of everybody in the Conference USA. So I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming oh, from. Anyway, Conference USA could be exciting to watch. Um, Charlotte and Old Dominion. Are, one team is going to ruin another team season. Yeah, eight games That's my, in a row. I think if, if you want my hot take right now, Ben, I think Charlotte mops up Old Dominion. And it's not because their schedule, resume, whatever. I think Charlotte has played a tougher schedule than Old Dominion. And I think I think Charlotte, I think they mop them. I think they smack them. I'll have to do a little bit more research on that because 
I mean, as familiar we've like as much as we've been talking about them, I'm not as familiar with either team. Like, I could see. I mean, the worst part though you brought up, like one of those two team, or one of those teams is going to get at least four losses, maybe both, and like four losses in eight games. That's tough because like they should be bopping up against the rest of Conference USA, but whatever. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the. You want to go ACC or SEC? Let's go ACC next. Um, some of the biggest things that stood out from the ACC. Uh, Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech got really chippy, uh, but Georgia Tech wins two out of three. They came back from behind, or they came back today, and ended up winning against Virginia Tech's bullpen. Now, Virginia Tech's still in first place in the ACC. They look really good. I mean, they're way better than I ever expected them to be this year. And meanwhile, Georgia Tech still with the young guys that they have in the lineup. They are uh, they're playing good ball. They win two out of three on the road against Virginia Tech. And then the main thing from the ACC that caught my attention is your boys at Miami. What a bi- what a bipolar team they are. Sweeping Clemson after – would you say they've, they've swept, then got swept, swept, and then got swept? The last four weekends, they've two, they have two sweeps, and they've gotten swept twice. So they're six and six in the last four weekends with two sweeps. So you can do the math and what happened on the other six games. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean – that Miami team is so talented, but like it's just they don't show up some weekends, and it's embarrassing. But the uh, ACC is pretty like put together, like pretty know, bundled up, really. I don't know if the ACC sucks or the ACC is just making themselves look bad by beating up on each other. That's that's the real question: is like, are these teams really good and everybody's equal, or is like all these teams? not very good and anybody can beat anybody at any given day because like because like if you still look at it like notre dame's still in first place and like i know notre dame just beat up nc state this weekend or they won two out of three but like nc state's not what they used to be like they're a bad team louisville took care of business this weekend they're half a game back but like i'm just i'm just at a loss of words for the acc I don't know what to say. I know that, you know, teams like North Carolina and Miami are like sleeper picks. Like they can, they have the most talented, I think, or like in Florida State's in that same category, like have the most talent in the conference, but they're like not even in first, like none of them are. Like not not even in second in their division. So no, I, I, I agree. Um, I when you th- have like Pitt and Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, I guess Louisville belongs there. It's just like it really just throws a lot of question marks for me. Louisville is still, I think Louisville is still the best team in the AC. Notre Dame is damn good, damn good team. They're consistent. They play very fundamentally sound. They don't make mistakes. And when the game is close, they find a way to win, which is all the elements you need of a great team. Yeah. I still think Louisville is just more talented, more star power, just more when the game is on the line in a regional in front of 10,000 people. Unless it's a. Unless it's a midweek. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think when you think of Louisville, you think of like an Alec Benellis or you think of a Dalton rushing, just coming up to the plate, runners in scoring position to win a ball game. Notre Dame, I'm, I just feel like they don't have that it. Nico Cavadas could do it, but I just feel like, but when you look at Louisville, when they show up in a regional, they're going to be like, dude, we've done this a hundred million times. We've been to Omaha you know, a dozen like times. Been, like They've hosted... <laughs> Four, some of the guys have played in four super regional. So, like, it's, I'm just sitting here, like, 
am I going to take, who am I taking my chances on? I'm going to take Louisville to yeah. have the most success from here until end of June. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, so there's some really good ACC, ACC series coming up this next week. Like I said, like it's one of those where I don't know if I'm going to be supporting like the new kids on the block, like the Pitt and Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, those guys, Georgia Tech as well. Or if like I'm going to be, you know, supporting like the the Blue Bloods, the guys that have been there before, like Miami and North Carolina and Louisville, those kind of guys. So who knows? Oh, Florida State's like that too. Like Florida State uh, wins two out of three this weekend at Boston College. They win like ten to two, five to one, and then lose five to three. Our boy Matt Nelson though tearing it up, good for him. Uh, last little last little thing we're gonna do on the podcast here is uh, talk about the SEC and the crazy weekend. And there's a lot of stuff we need to talk about. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and talk about how Arkansas, number one team in the nation, they destroyed Pine Bluff this week, and then they go into Texas A&M, win 13 to nothing. They, then, at home, at home, at home. Oh, sorry, sorry, at home. Well, I don't know why I said at. But at home against Texas A&M, they went 13 nothing Friday night. Then they win a close one, 2-1 to one on Saturday, and then they lose a close one today. So I don't know if that's telling me more that Texas A&M is like kind of no, I think I think it's just more SEC baseball. Like it's, every weekend is hard. Like I mean, I don't think it says much about Texas A and M. I think A and M. Oh my god, I just blanked out. Anyways, I think it's more just Arkansas than playing so many oh, tough teams. Such a tough schedule. They finally got a little bit of a relaxed weekend. I'm not saying you can do that in the SEC, which is prove my point that you're going to have a close game against a lesser opponent. Just, it doesn't really, I'm not saying that Arkansas, oh, maybe they aren't that good. No, it's just more of a, they got to let up on off the gas a little bit. Yeah. At home, they win 13, nothing first game. And they're probably like, yeah, let's, you know, we're, we're good. We're coasting. And then like, and it kind of scares them on Saturday and then actually beats them today. So and Arkansas, 11... Arkansas bases loaded one out in the 10. I know they didn't. They didn't and Joe, win. And A and M brought in Joe's. We actually struck out, um, struck out the next two guys to get out of that one. But that's what I'm saying. Like Arkansas probably didn't have their best weekend, but they took care of business. Two out of three at the goal. Always yeah. two out of three. Yep, yep. And uh, speaking of two out of three, uh, Georgia comes back and wins two out of three against Kentucky this weekend after taking two out of three from Vanderbilt. So the dogs are rolling. They're playing good ball right now, and they play against. They play. Two out of three at Missouri, and then two out of three at Auburn, or no, at home against Auburn. So if you look around here in like the next two weeks, and Georgia has, you know, let's say they win both of those series, like they should, both bottom feeders in the SEC, Missouri and Auburn, they go to Arkansas May seventh through the ninth, and they're going to be above five hundred in the SEC, like potentially looking to spoil Arkansas's number one ranking. So that's something to look out for. Um, other than that, like Alabama, they. Oh my God, I just blanked. Oh, Alabama ended up winning two out of three, right? Against Auburn. Against Auburn, yeah. Because they, they won in extras and then they, they lost a close one. They won by one, lost by one, then won by one. Uh huh. And Dude. so, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, with, isn't it like weird how like Auburn, Alabama played this weekend and wasn't really much craze or much hype around it? Like, and they Auburn, played three one. A big, is a big rivalry. And, oh, yeah. For sure. And it just shows to show you some like the baseball and the difference in school thing. Like Mississippi State is baseball. They are baseball. They care about football, but they are baseball. Ole Miss, 
depending on the year, they're usually, they care about baseball. They care about baseball season. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some season Ole Miss is really good at football too. But when you look at Auburn and Alabama, it's football season. It's mm-hmm. always football season. So that's why it's kind of like, it's interesting to see how, that's why the SEC is so good. They have such a good balance. Like their bad football team are their great baseball team. So every school is relevant in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. No, that is weird. Like the iron, like the irony behind that. Like, I don't know. That's a that's a good little, I guess, and, comparison. And then when you think about like SEC basketball, you think of Kentucky or the ACC. A good example: the ACC, the basketball conference, typically over the yeah. last ten years, the SEC with Kentucky, and that's it. Right until last couple of years, Mississippi State, Alabama, Arkansas, um, <laughs> Arkansas. Yeah, like lately, those teams have all kind of been irrelevant. But it just goes to show you the SEC has such a good balance between who is good at what sport, and it's not like one school controls everything. Yeah, I mean Alabama, their baseball team doesn't control anything, so their football team controls the SEC. Their basketball team, the last two or three years, they've been on the top five. Um, in the top five, so it's really cool to see how the SEC had a balanced team in some out. sort yeah. of every sport, yeah. And that's why everyone cares so much about it. Like the ACC, Louisville is pretty good at both basketball and baseball, football, not so much. They used to be Miami, same idea, they're just kind of off and on every year on what sport they're good at. Um, usually it's been a baseball school, but it's also been a, it's a bigger football school than baseball school. Yeah, you see what I'm saying here? Oh yeah, like it's just interesting the dynamic of these conferences. But anyway, going back to SEC baseball. Yeah, so we uh, the next series like the one that kind of surprised me on on Thursday night when we were doing the podcast was uh, LSU like beat South Carolina like fair and square like just top to bottom beat them five to one uh, at home and I was like okay like, this is LSU's time to roll. Well, they get rained out Friday and then they played doubleheader yesterday on Saturday. Two seven-inning game. Ew. They played two seven-inning games, and they lost both. And, like, it went from Thursday night thinking, oh, my God, we could potentially sweep these guys at home, get ourselves back in uh, the SEC race. Now that they look back and they're 4-11 and in SEC play with Ole Miss coming up, and then they still have to play. Oh, well, I guess their schedule does get a little easier. Um, they play no, Ole dude, Miss, Arkansas. Don't waste your – don't. Well, they play Ole Miss, Arkansas, and then they finish on Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M. Don't waste your breath on LSU, like – I'm not. You can talk about them. I'll sit here and gladly listen, but I'm just advising you: don't waste your time on LSU. They're oh irrelevant. Yeah, they're just they're not great this year, and like, ah, oh, it just makes me so mad because I, I, it just breaks my heart that Alex Box Stadium isn't going to be like a regional host this year. But that's fine. I'm, I'm honestly, that's I'm cool with that because let's see who else can step up. I know, but dude, that like that regional is something that I always love watching like that one regional. Cause it's always like the, they get the, the ESPN time slots. Like it's always like starts at like 6 PM, which it's like dusk, like right before like sun, like sundown. Oh yeah. And, I know what it's you're just talking like, about. it's always like the perfect camera angle. Like, Oh dude, it's just the box like regional time just gets me going. Like, not a, not an LSU fan by any means, but that regional and super regional always just fires me up. But it's not going to happen this year, so we might as well get over it now. Now the uh, let's see, next series and Ole Miss Mississippi State. Yeah, so Ole Miss Mississippi State, great um, series, great series, great series. It went from uh, 
Well, let's. I'm gonna skip ahead to Saturday because the most impressive performance I've seen in a long time, like out of anybody in college baseball, talking about like the stage they were on, the amount of like school pride that needs to be, um, or the amount of school pride that like this situation has, I guess. Basically, overall performance, Doug Nikhazy on Saturday going complete game shutout. Was it complete game shutout, right? Yeah. One hitter. One hitter, 14 strikeouts, and saves the series for Ole Miss because they lose five to two on Friday. And, you know, they lose the next – that was with Gunnar Hoagland on the mound. Or Hoagland, however you pronounce it. Now I think it's Hoagland. I think it is Hoagland too. Or Hoagland. Uh, anyway, yep. Anyway, so if Mississippi State wins Saturday – you know, your two best guys are done. Like, you don't have a win for Ole Miss, and you've thrown Hoagland or Hogland and Nikhazy, and you have to win on Sunday, which, like, this series has been straight-up dominated by Mississippi State the last 10 years. And, you know, you're going to the toughest place to play in college baseball, 14,000 fans, full stadium capacity at Mississippi State, and Doug Nikhazy let his balls hang and just went nine, nine innings, one hit, 14 punch-outs, and Ole Miss wins. So that was fun. Hey, hold on. I'm going to say something. I feel like you just went in the complete circle because I was listening to you talk about his stat and you talked about some stuff and then you went back to his stat and I was like, that was just a full circle. Listen, my brain is mashed potatoes right now. (laughs) It was, it was a long weekend, but Mississippi state, the, the game today showed me everything I need to know about this team and how they're not going to get beat in a regional the amount of like momentum that team gets, like when they have just an ounce of momentum at home and like their guys, we talked about on last week's episode, how if guys like Rowdy Jordan and Tanner Allen can get the sticks rolling, they're going to be an almost impossible team to beat at home. And sure enough, Rowdy Jordan turns on a 2-0 fastball inside, which you tweeted out. He's been beat, getting beat on inside pitches like the whole weekend. Turns on one to tie the game up 2-2. All right, great. Well, they get uh, Mississippi or Ole Miss takes the lead. They um, took a big lead. Yeah, they took a lead four to two after, or after Leatherwood's home run. That was a bomb. And sure enough, once Mississippi State got a little bit of momentum, sure enough, Tanner Allen comes through in the clutch and puts them ahead, and they, they stay ahead the whole rest of the game. I mean, they yeah they they took they like sco- a th- four four three run triple. But you dude, I'm gonna say something about that. When you saw him pull up on third. Dude, his pants are so damn short. It looks like he has biker pants on. He has the Hunter Pence, the Hunter Pence pants on. Like, up, like above dude, the knees. I think there they rule. It's got to be touching your knee. If it's I, on the top of your knee, that's fine. But it's got to be touching your knee. Your pants. I don't mind it, dude. I think no, it's a dude, good look. I, I, I don't. I, I don't like it, dude. I don't like it. And that's just me being a traditionalist, which is fine. But. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. I just see it, I think about it, and I move on. Like I'm not going to yeah. freaking lose sleep over it. But yeah, I'm just well, like, dude, I'm just like, dude, pull them down a little bit, just a little bit. I like it, man. I think it's different. I like the look, and uh, I'm just a big Hunter Pence fan. I, I mean, he did that his whole career, so why not Tanner Allen? But today, what I was really going to get at for this weekend, because there's a ton of things we can talk about. But Sunday, the day that you need to win, rubber match. Uh, both teams know how important this win is for them for not only like the SEC standings, but like school pride, state pride, that stuff. It was the bullpens that like separated these two teams. And so Miss, Ole Miss scores two in the top of the sixth to put them ahead. Well, Ole Miss bounces back with a five run bottom of the six off of um, Ole Miss's bullpen. 
And then Ole Miss scores one run. But once Landon Sims comes in the game, two-run lead in the ninth, like you ain't scoring two runs off of him. I'm sorry. And so Mississippi State's bullpen shut him down after that. It was a good series win. Kind of what most people expected, like a you know win two out of three at home. Ole Miss is still a really good team. But if you're Mississippi State, you have to win two out of three at home. You have to. Um, that's your series. Like can't you can't mess up at home if you're going to win the SEC. And so Ole Miss, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Ole Miss, you lose two out of three. But, you know, that's three straight two out of three losses you've lost in the SEC, which we talked about earlier. But the good news is the road gets a little easier from here on out until you face Vanderbilt like three weeks from now. So you bounce back and you, you win two out of three against LSU or you sweep LSU. You win two out of three um, against South Carolina, which is going to be a tough task, but they could do it. And then you have two, or you, you can win two out of three or sweep against Texas A&M, like, and you're right back in it. So that's what I wanted to say about Ole Miss. Um, their powder blue jerseys are unbelievable. I love the look. Sunday powder blues, big fan. Um, but previewing next week, just real briefly, we got Mississippi State at Vanderbilt next weekend, which is going to be another just viral college baseball showcase. Uh, people on social media are going to love. That'll be fun. And so are just you enjoying li- listening to yourself talk? Because I feel I, like I'm just ro- I'm just rambling right now. I don't know rolling off things. And I'm just <laughs> sitting here listening. Like, is he going to take a breath? Is he going to like <laughs> slow down? I'm just sitting here listening. Like, wow, Ben, keep going. I'm not interrupting. I him. feel like Vince Scully right now, just talking to myself. <laughs> anyway, Wait, did he die? Did Vince Scully die? That's uh, a great question. I think he did. Uh, that makes me. Oh, anyway, anyway. Yeah, dude, great series, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. You know, uh, Landon Sims came and slammed the door today. Big series win. Vanderbilt, Tennessee, electric weekend, by the way. I didn't know if you forgot about it. You weren't going to talk about it because you kept saying no, I saved it. No, I saved it best for last. Oh, I was okay. going to say move on to the most exciting anyway, series. Dude, Friday night, Kumar Rocker went out there with a damn mission. Yeah, he yeah. was not losing that game. He said, I'm fucking here. And he struck somebody out on a fastball inside 95 miles, 96 miles an hour. And he started saying a bunch of stuff to him. I couldn't lip read at all. But then at the rate, he was like, I'm fucking here. And I was like, dude, let's go, baby. That's let's, a let's dog. Go. Like, he is not losing today. And freaking the ball creatures, whatever, they were chanting overrated. And I'm like, dude, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. What's up stop. with the overrated stop. chant? And, the, and dude, do you remember the last Vanderbilt player to get chanted overrated? Yeah, what happened? Was, I mean, it was the most viral video of all time in college baseball. Pedro Alvarez hits one 900 feet so, with the old bats. Like, don't, you would have thought, like, let's not do that again. Yeah, don't don't chant overrated to Vanderbilt. And players. then they started chanting overrated to Jack Leiter, which, okay, cool, whatever. Like, you shouldn't be doing that, but whatever. Back-to-back home runs, to open the game 2 nothing. And then Vanderbilt comes back, and then Vanderbilt takes Wait, the lead. Let's let's not like, dude. That was impressive. Those balls that Tennessee they were launched, they were launched, and like they were just hitting dead red fastball. Those guys, like they yep. were dead they were, red like, fastball. He's gonna challenge us with fastballs up in the zone, and oh my god, dude, those balls were blasted. They were blasted. Okay, Vanderbilt takes the lead. C.J. Rodriguez, and then it was I don't remember like five to two, four two, um. Evan Russell hits another home run, his second of the day, which was electric. Vanderbilt started – or Tennessee State, and they got – they woke up again. They started getting some energy. We got some hope, blah, blah, blah. Boom. 
bottom of the uh, bottom of the eighth inning. Bases loaded. Down they, a run. By the way, they threw lighter, like 115 pitchers, like seven inning. So he they got everything out of him. And then bullpen comes into the game. They walk, they walk a couple people. Freaking first pitch hanger breaking ball. Evan Russell moonshot it into left center field. Erupted. Played the freaking erupted. Um, our boy Kirby McConnell came in, slammed the door, three up, three down. Today, it was just all Vanderbilt. Besides Evan Russell. It was all Vanderbilt besides our boy Evan Russell, who hit four home yep. runs this weekend. And three on Saturday, one today. And yep, so he didn't I even mean, start on Friday. Nope. He was hitting 190-something. Didn't get the start. You got a pinch hit at bat. It, Vitello basically said, listen – you know, you just got to find yourself, you know. I mean, if you're hitting under 200, you don't have a place in the lineup. Like, it is what it is. That's baseball. I don't care who you are, which I respect about Tony V. He didn't play Evan Russell, the senior. He played the best guy at the best at that moment. And that's the way it goes. And he put him in the lineup next day, three home runs. So, Tony V, you Including look smart as hell. Game-winning grand slam. <laughs> yeah, so – Big series win. I think that series just showed Vanderbilt elite, but I think it speaks more to Tennessee is legit. They are not just a good team. They're a very good team. Oh, yeah. Like, Tennessee, man, I was – I knew going into this weekend, like, this is going to be, like, a big test for them. Are they going to – like, are they even going to win a game? I thought maybe there was a chance that Vanderbilt could sweep. Like, I really thought. And, like, up until about the eighth inning on Saturday – I was thinking, okay, like Vanderbilt's going to end up sweeping the series and boom, five run bottom of the eight. Well, first they scored a run in the bottom of the seventh and then they scored five in the bottom of the eighth to win that game by four. And I was like, okay, like yep. maybe, maybe Tennessee is going to actually win this series. They come we'll out back to back home runs in the bottom of the first today. And yep. I'm like, okay, they're up two one. Like Vanderbilt's had trouble with their bullpen all year and winning on Sundays. This is Tennessee's game to win. Sure enough, Vanderbilt ends up scoring like two runs in the third, three in the fourth, two in the fifth, two in the sixth. Like Tennessee's bullpen was just overused and like they didn't have anybody to get anybody out. And Vanderbilt's offense is really good this year. So, yep. So, but, big weekend. We got more coming up. Yeah. But the uh, just um, quick little rundown of the SEC standings you got Vanderbilt on top at 11 and four, and then Arkansas on top at 11 and four. And then you got Mississippi State and Tennessee, both 10 and five. Uh, South Carolina, sneaky 10 and five this year in the SEC. Uh, Florida's back up to nine and six. They've won five in a row. I hate Florida, but whatever. Uh, and then Ole Miss is nine and six. So kind of the way the things are tiered out, like you got Vanderbilt, and Arkansas, top two teams. And then you got the next grade below that. You got Tennessee and Mississippi State. And then the next grade below that, you got Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Florida. Like, I think it's tiered up perfectly. Like, don't you? Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty clear. And then, and then the next tier is kentucky georgia and uh, sorry kentucky georgia and or alabama like that's pretty tiered up well like, i think those three teams are about even two of those three teams yeah, are yeah. Into, a, into a regional but anyways uh, we're, we usually give the uh the top 25 and the mid-major top 20 or mid-major power rankings all down the podcast but we went a little long so you guys just we, we posted all that stuff to twitter check it out um I think they're pretty damn accurate. They're, you guys can always debate. We love debating, but the uh, the top twenty five was a little. Would you say it was a little bit easier today than in the past? Like there was a lot of teams that were ranked that took care of business this weekend. It wasn't a lot of chaos. Mid major top twenty five looks pretty accurate as well. 
but all that stuff's tweeted out and we'll post it on our Instagram as well. You guys check it out. Let us know um, your thoughts on all that. But, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the weekend, I just want to look back and say like, that was a fun weekend. A lot of, a lot of evenly matched teams fighting it off. You know, we're only in April. We still got two weeks left in April and then the full month of May before regional start in June. This is where it's going to get uh, real interesting moving forward, but agreed. We're going to, we're going to be back on Wednesday night for a podcast. Yep. Yep. Probably going to have a good guest on for the pick after that. And what's the, what's the marquee matchup next week? What's, what's preview? Um, I want to give the, the fans a little teaser of maybe who we might have on as a, as a guest this weekend for the, the prime series. I know Mississippi. We already, we already told you who it is, Ben. Mississippi State Vanderbilt. I already told you who our guest is Thursday. Oh yeah, that's going to be a good one. Okay, never mind. Obviously, it's not that good. If you forgot, damn no, it. No, 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 no. It's a good one. It's, it's a, a good really one. good one, and um, I think you guys will be really impressed. I don't think you guys, most of you probably don't even realize he went to the school. Um, he's got a big brother in the big league, not just the big league. He is a king in the big league. A uh, future um, Hall of Famer in the big leagues. Yeah, he is a future Hall of Famer, and he is a pretty big deal in the sports world, in the baseball world. Um, yeah, I forgot from about that. Little school up north, from the northeast. So, um, and his team got a very big weekend coming up. So, look, you will tease it out a little bit more, but um, you guys will love him. And I don't, I don't ever see his name very much in terms of like the college baseball world. Yeah, so it'll be it's, fun. He's going to talk a little college baseball with us, do the weekend, pick him just and like Chris we have, did. And then we actually are going to have our first – I'm just going to go ahead and say we'll have our first Arkansas guest on Wednesday night. Yeah. So that would be fun as well. But anyways, I'm tired. Dimitri's tired. We need to get off for now. Uh, tweet us your thoughts. Let us know how you thought the podcast went. And we yep. will – Until next time. Yes, sir.